Welcome to the Lanier Hills Church Sermon Podcast, where faith meets life. I'm Pastor Randall Popham, inviting you to explore wisdom from the Word with us. For more information, visit us online at lanierhills.com. Thank you for being here. If you're new, I want to welcome you. I am Pastor Randall, and I get the, the honor and privilege of leading this amazing church for the last 18 years, and I just love the opportunity to open God's Word with you this morning as I was uh, just hanging out in the lobby and meeting people. People just kept coming in. I kept coming in. I was just thinking how, how blessed I am to get to lead this amazing church, that, that people come to church and people want to come and hear the Word and they want to open up the Scripture. I was just blown away, and I just had to go to my office and just start praying and, and just thank God that I get to do this again today. So thank you for being here. Thank you for worshiping with us. I love my church. I love you guys. Um, if you have a Bible, go ahead and get it out. We're going to be in John chapter 11. We're going to be there in a few minutes, and I'm going to tell you uh, what we're going to do with the Scripture in a little bit. But I just know that there's um, um, what we're talking about today. It's not a very easy subject. I mean, after that powerful song and then to get up and talk about this one, it's a subject no one likes to talk about, subject that we like to avoid we like to not even go there in our minds, but uh, we're going to talk about death today. Death. Um, yay! <laughs> right? Yeah, death. Uh, just kidding. But we're going to talk about it, and here's the prayer, and I hope that even though we talk about it, we'll come away today not down, but up, and positive, and, and hopeful, and confident, and courageous because of what we're going to learn from the Scriptures today. So that's my prayer, that's my hope, and I hope that's what you come away with today. So I have a question for you. What, do you remember um, the first time you confronted the reality of death? The first time you confronted the reality of death. Maybe it's the first time you lost someone close to you. Maybe it was a pet, right? Maybe you lost your pet. Maybe it was not a pet. Maybe it was a close friend, maybe a family member, or maybe a cousin or something. I remember my first time, I was maybe 10 or 11, and I, had, um, I was staying at my granny's house. And I was, as I was staying at her house, I was, remember spending the night, and I was Sleeping and early in the morning before the sun had come up, I started, I started hearing my dad's voice had come into our, my granny's little house in Marietta and, and Kennesaw. And, and, she, and I remember hearing her, her, and then I started just hearing wailing, just, oh, you, you knew it was like this. I've never heard this before. It was powerful. And she just was just weeping. And, and, and I was like, what is going on? A few minutes later, my dad comes in. And he sits down by me on the bed and he said, Randall, he said, your, your cousin, we called him a little bit. He was little, a little bit, but he was 18 and like, you know, star football player at McEachern, just this guy that everybody wanted to be after their football game that night, had gone out with some friends and he was in the back of a Ford Bronco and there weren't enough seatbelts and he was just kind of sitting in the back and the tire went off the side of the road and as they were going and it flipped and it ejected him and he broke his neck. And uh, he said, your cousin, a little bit died last night in a car wreck. And he was, I looked up to him. I mean, you know, I'm like a young boy and, and, and he's like this strong, you know, good looking guy. And, and he was gone. And man, it shook me. It's the first time, you know, I'm just do, doing live. Yeah, yeah, you know, little kid. And, and then my cousin is gone. It's like, it shakes you that first time. It can still shake you even after the first time. But my cousin was gone and, and I, uh, I had nightmares. I was scared. I mean, it just like 
I was not good for a while after that. And maybe you remember the first time it was for you. Maybe it was a family. Maybe it was a parent. Maybe it was a, fr- a, a brother or sister. Maybe it was an animal you loved or whatever, but it just shook you like death. Death happens, right? After that, I did not ever want to go to a funeral for a long time. I'm like, family members are dying. I'm like, going. I'm not going. I'm not going to go to a funeral. I did not want to even be around that. I didn't want to talk about it. But if we look at the scriptures, I want you to see a scripture today that, you know, we're all impacted by death, right? It, it, it impacts every single one of us. We're all impacted by death. It touches all of us. And we may not want to go to the funerals. We may not want to talk about death, but there's a scripture that I want to show us. It's this, Ecclesiastes 7.2. It says, it's better to go to a funeral than a feast. For death is the destiny of every person and the living should take this to heart. You know what the scripture tells us? You learn more at a funeral than you do at a feast. We all love the feasting. I mean, I want to feast. I love to feast, right? Anybody love to feast? We love the Thanksgiving feast, the Christmas feast, the everyday feast. I love it, right? And I don't like funerals. I don't like going to funerals. I don't think anybody does. But the scripture tells us it's better to go to a funeral than a feast because you learn more at a feast, I mean, at a funeral than you do at a feast. See, at the feast, we don't, you know, we're having fun and we're just kind of doing life and celebrating, but at the funeral, you ask the important questions. It brings you back to the memory, or, or the important thing of like, what's my, what am I doing with my life? And reminds you that death is the destiny of all of us. And what are you doing with it? What are you going to do after life? Because in the whole of eternity, life is just so little. And what you're doing, it matters. So it brings us back to those. And, and some people think they're just going to, they're trying to live forever. There's this guy I've seen all over the internet and the news the last few months. His name's Brian Johnson. He's a billionaire. Have you seen this guy? And he, uh, he's a billionaire and he's trying to live to at least to be 115 years old. That's his target. And 115, I'm thinking... At 115, everybody you know and love is gone, right? You're like, you're going to live that long? And, um, but he's trying, so here's what he do. He spends $2 million a year on a program that's supposed to help him live that long. He takes over 100 supplements a day. He takes blood, blood transfusions from his teenage son so he have that young blood flowing through him. When he goes out driving, he has a mantra. He says, the most dangerous thing I do today will be drive my car. So he drives 15 miles per hour. (laughs) I don't know, right? Life's going to last a long time. He's just driving around. But he's the guy you're honking at. $2 million a year. He tries to eat 70 pounds of raw vegetables. I don't know. If if you're 115 years eating like that... (laughs) <laughs> and you're going to take supplements all your life and you're going to drive 15 miles an hour. What? I don't know how fun that 115 years is going to be, right? But he's trying to do all of this because he wants to live this long time. But you know what the scripture tells us? Death is the destiny of everyone. There's a 100% chance he's going to die. Right? 100%. Those are pretty bad odds. Spending $2 million to live to 115, so let's add that up. You know, he's going to, what he's going to do is spend $200 million to die. What could he be doing with that money? Anyway, I'm not, that's not the point of the sermon. I'm just thinking about it. But <laughs> <laughs> So 
So you learn more at a funeral than you do at a feast. We're all going to die. And uh, today we come together and we're going to talk about this subject. And here's what we, t- here's, we have the privilege today of going to a funeral with Jesus. We're going to learn what Jesus thought at the funeral, what Jesus said at the funeral, what he had to teach us at the funeral. And we, we learn something at every funeral if we'll be listening and learning. But to go to a funeral with Jesus, and today we go to the funeral with Jesus, we're going to see what he has to say and what he wants to teach us about the most important things in life. So we're going to go there in John chapter 11 in just a moment. But let's ask God to teach us as we go to the funeral, to have ears to hear and minds to understand and eyes to see. So will you pray with me? Let's, let's just go to him and ask him. Father, we come this morning before you. You're our creator. We're the creation. You're the maker. We're the made. You're the Lord. We're your servants. You are the teacher and we're the learner. Would you teach us? Would you change us? Would you create a new heart in us today? So, Lord, here's what we ask when we offer up, Lord, our ears. Would you give us ears to hear your voice today in our life? We offer up our eyes. Lord, would you help us to see spiritually things we need to see about life as we go to the funeral today? Lord, would you teach us and give us a mind to understand these words and let them not just be words and not just a story, but let them be life to us. And Father, we pray for an open heart. Open our heart. We offer it up to you. Lord, do what you want to do in our lives today. Teach us what we need to hear. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So in John chapter 11, as we've been going through the book of John, we're up to chapter 11. In John chapter 11, we find Jesus is with his disciples, and he gets a message from some people that are really close friends of him. Mary. Martha and Lazarus are very close friends of Jesus. He loves them deeply. And he gets a message that Lazarus is sick, and this is family, and, he, and he's sick. And so they send word, Jesus, come, come help us, come and, uh, come and heal him. And we're going to pick up here what Jesus does and what's the next part of the story. So in chapter 11, verse 4, here's what it says. When, when he, Jesus, heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. So Paul's right there. Here's what we're going to do. There's 47 verses in this chapter or in this section. I'm not going to read all of them, but I'm going to read a majority of them. And uh, I want to interject a little bit in them because I don't want to just read to you. So I want you to understand a little bit what's going on. So in this part here, first thing we learn is this. We see that there's this death or sickness. And Jesus says, this sickness is not going to end in death, right? He says, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now, when we go through difficult times and we see things happening in our life, we, we often ask, God, where are you? What are you up to? Do you know what's going on? But this scripture reminds us that even though we may go through sickness we may, and when we go through death, we need to recognize this, that God has a divine plan. At the foundation of our faith is realizing that there is a God who's in control and nothing slips through his hands and comes into our life that has not passed through his nail-scarred hands. Everything in life has a purpose and has a plan. And he says this, even this sickness will end in God's glory. Because in the end, it's all about God's glory and us coming to recognize his glory. And he says this is going to happen so that people will glorify him. So when we go through difficult times, foundation to having peace and purpose is recognizing 
It's all about God's glory and everything is working for that divine plan. So that's foundation to it. So then he says this. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, the brother. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed there two more days. Wouldn't you expect it to be like, when Jesus heard Lazarus sick, he took off. He, like, he was on his way. He was there in two minutes. What did Jesus do? He hung around and just you know, did his thing for two more days. And then he said to his disciples after two days, let's go back to Judea. So, man, what do we learn in this? What does it reveal to us as we learn about this story that you know, God is, Jesus is on a divine plan. And, and then we understand this, that just because we're going through difficult things in our life, it doesn't mean God is going to change things up according to our emotions. He's not on your plan, he's on his plans. And, and our emotions do not determine the, the plans of God. And so we, we have to recognize, this is not what I want. And where is God, God in the midst of all of this? Why isn't he working things out on my timetable? I want things today. And he's like, no, I'm going to wait two years, two days, 20 years. He's working his plan. And we have to recognize that. So next, he says, let us go back to Judea. Now we're going to skip now. We're going to discuss there's so many scriptures. We're going to skip down to verse 17. But what happens between 7 and 17 is this, is that, they have a conversation. They say, Jesus, we're not going back to Judea. People want to kill you there. And doubting Thomas, of all people, says, Jesus, if they want to kill you there and they're going to kill you, I'm going with you. We're all going to die. Isn't it interesting that he's the guy that said that? But, and they talk about light and walking in the light. Finally, they are like, okay, let's go. So here's the, in verse 17. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem. And many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at the home. And Lord, Martha said, if you had been there or here, my brother would not have died. What kind of faith is that? But look at what happens next. She says, but I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. What's she asking? God, will you, she has this faith that you are going to bring him back, that you can, that you can heal him. Years ago, I did, after becoming the pastor here, I had, uh, I got a phone call from a friend who uh, got a word that a friend of mine had passed away. He was in his 40s, I think 46, and had 12 kids of kids and he was on his treadmill at home fit doing his thing running on the treadmill has a massive heart attack and they find him in the room passed away and he was a good friend and um to dana and me and our family and and they called and said randall will you do the funeral and i remember going to do the funeral you imagine doing a funeral you see 12 kids lined up there their dad <laughs> gone and he was he was a spiritual man loved god with all of his heart and so does his wife and his children and uh, I remember before the funeral, I was praying with them, and I asked her specifically, is there anything I can pray for you specifically? And she said this, pray that God will bring him back from the dead. Yeah, I mean, could God? Absolutely. Can he? Yes. Did he? No. But this is the faith that she had, that my friend Pam had. 
she believed that God can bring him back from the dead. And she thought that life would be better if he came. But listen, in God's divine plan, it was not part of his plan that she come back. But did God still love her? Absolutely. But Mary and Martha, Martha has this same belief. You could still bring him back if you want to. That's how much she loved him and missed him. So look what happens next. Verse 23, Jesus said to her, your brother, he will rise again, Martha. And Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. But Jesus said to her, look at these words. These are important. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live. And even though they die and whoever lives by believing me in me will never die. Do you believe this? Underline those words. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into the world. So what do we learn here at this conversation? We learn this, that Jesus reveals to us that he has the power, he has the spiritual power to give eternal life to those who put their faith in him. See, Jesus reminds us that in the end, there is going to be an end, and life is going to come to us. It's the destiny of all, but only those who put their faith in him live in eternity with him. And he says, I am the way, and if you really want to live, even though you may die, you have to put your faith in me. He reveals himself as the way, the resurrection. Now, they don't listen. Now, they don't know what's about to happen. We're like, oh, yeah, they get it. He's the resurrection. They don't know what's about to happen. They don't know that Jesus is going to resurrect from the dead either. They don't know any of this. But he's just saying, hey, trust in me. I give you life. Now, I was thinking about this. Some other things in the news. Everybody's trying to live longer, right? Everybody's, nobody likes to die. Nobody wants to be around. I'm not looking, you know, I'm not looking to die early. Anybody, right? But I saw, I love, I use artificial intelligence and do different things in my life. And, you know, it's pretty cool. But have you seen how so there's some companies today that are um, working on this artificial intelligence to where you could go in, I could go in and, and like teach it about myself and it will learn and it will find, start mimicking me. And when you pass away or if I were to pass away, it would continue to act like me. And it will think like me and it will say my same words and phrases and you would be able to have a conversation with artificial me. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah, and, and your family, your kids, your wife, your spouse, your grandparents, they pass away. You could continue to have a relationship with this avatar. Now, here's what we know. It's artificial. It's artificial. The only real life after death is found in Jesus Christ. And you may can talk with a computer, but if you want to see your friends and family again, you put your faith in Jesus Christ where you will spend eternity with them. So Jesus reveals, I am the resurrection and the life. If he was here today, he'd say, don't put your hope in artificial intelligence. <laughs> put it in me. Verse 28. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. She said, the teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up and quickly went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. And when the Jews had been, who had been with Mary in the house 
comforting her, noticed how quickly she got up and went out. They followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. But when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Again, Mary and Martha, same faith. You could have healed him. You could have healed him. But you notice they still loved him anyway. They still bowed down on his feet, still worshiped him, even though he didn't do what they wanted him to do. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet. Verse 33, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. He said, where have you laid him? Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Isn't it cool that the shortest verse in all the Bible is Jesus wept reminds us about the heart of God. He's comforting and he's with us in the most difficult times. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. In the midst of the hardships, in the midst of loss, in the midst of, of it all, one thing we need to remember, Jesus weeps with us. Jesus walks with us. Here's what I, I believe to be true. Jesus hates death. He hates it. He's the author of life. He hates death. I bet he sits around and goes, Dadgum, Adam and Eve. Why didn't they mess it up? See, it was never part of the plan, right? Death was never part of it. Adam and Eve, you stay in the garden and you could take from one of these trees fruit of, you know, good of evil and not knowledge of evil and good. Or you could take from this one of eternal life. Anybody else mad at Adam and Eve right now? I mean, why, why? Why do you want to know that? Because we want to be like God, right? But why not the eternal life one? Why do people still do that today? Why do people still choose that over eternal life? It was never part of his plan. So because of that, sin enters the world. Evil enters the world. What happens? Death comes to us all. And now God has to send his own son. And Jesus has to experience death himself. He hates death. So she lo they loved him. He, he loved them. He has deep empathy and compassion for those who are suffering. But some of them said, look, look at verse 37. Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man keep this man from dying? And Jesus, once more, deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But the Lord, Lord, said Martha, <laughs> this, the sister of the dead man, by this time there's a bad odor, right? She's like, it's been four days, Jesus. We're not doing that. Don't you know? I mean, I love my brother, but it's going to be gross. For he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you? Listen, and these words underlined them. If you believe, you will see the glory of God. So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me. <laughs> I, I love this interaction. I know you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here that they may believe that you sent me. In other words, he's saying, you know what? God, I know you'll hear me. I don't have to say it out loud. But for these people, so they know that you did this, listen, I'm going to pray it out loud. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. 
Imagine with me. Imagine the shock on their face as he comes out and he doesn't stink, right? And he doesn't. And he's life, and he has <laughs> the beauty, the the picture of the resurrection and what eternity is going to be like, right? It's right here, all in. He says, "I'm the resurrection and life," and he says, "And let me show you. I have the power to do it." He says, "This take off." the grave clothes and let him go. Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. That's all we're going to read. But may we learn from this, what do we learn at this funeral? Jesus, Jesus is the giver of life. And he has authority over death. In, first, in John, when we started off, it says, And the Word became flesh and it dwelt among us, and through Him all things have been created. He brought life in. He, bro- he breathed life into this world. And listen, and He can breathe life into dead things and dead people and bring them back to life. But the bigger picture is this. These bodies one day will cease to exist, and there's going to be a new body and a new place and a new heaven with those who love Jesus and who are called according to his purpose. We have that because Jesus said these words. And so today we may have fear of death. We may not be looking forward to it. We may not have any of those. We may be, just be scared to death. But for those who have their hope in Jesus, there is peace. There's peace. So what do we learn? Here's what we learn. God has a divine plan in all things, and that God's not on our timeline. We learn that Jesus is the source of eternal life. In him, not in artificial intelligence or any other place, or in $2 million of supplements a year, do we find eternal life. We find it in him. Jesus cares deeply for us in our hardest times, in our most difficult seasons, when we say goodbye to loved ones, he still cares. And Jesus has the power over death. So here's the question. It's the same question he asked Martha, the one I asked you to uh, underline. Do you believe it? Do you believe this story? Not just a story, but it's a historical fact. Do you believe the words that Jesus said, that he is the resurrection and the life? Do you believe it? Not here with your mind like, oh, I know the story. But do you believe the story to be true? That Jesus really did raise a man from the dead. Jesus really is the resurrection and the life. And those who put their faith in him will live for eternity with him. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? See, if you believe it, then it changes everything. It changes everything. See, if you believe it, and you say, okay, I believe it, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I, I'm believing it for the first time today, or maybe you believe it, I want to encourage you to do this. If you believe it, then do this first thing. Shift your perspective. Shift your perspective from fearing death to anticipating the glory that awaits you. Instead of fearing death, instead of laying down at night when, and when your work is gone and all the busyness is gone, your mind gets quiet, instead of sitting there in fear of death, Begin to anticipate the glory that awaits you. So I shared the story of how my cousin passed away, and man, it shook me. And for months, I could not sleep. I would wake up every night, terror and terror, f- afraid of death. I'd go into my parents' house in my room, in their room, and I'd say, I'm scared again, I'm having bad dreams. And they would just say, all right, we'll go back to, th- it's all okay. And until one night, 
my dad, I went in there and my dad said, come with me. So we go into the living room, we lay on the couch and he puts his hand on me and he starts praying. Dads, the power of a father's prayer is supernatural. And he began to pray and he said, and he inter interceded for me. And he said, <laughs> first of all, he said, Satan, leave my boy alone. And he began praying, and I still remember it today. And he began praying, saying, take away his fear of death. And he began to breathe and preach and, and uh, pray Scripture over me and remind me of the truth of who Jesus is and who I am in Jesus Christ. And in that moment, I still remember it. The fear of death left me. I went back to bed, never to be woken up again like that. Why? Because this is true. And I went from just hearing it, and even as a kid, to hearing it, to believing it, and having a father that would pray it over me. And I went from fearing death to, to having an anticipation for the glory. And here's what I found in 50 years. Every year that I live, I look forward to heaven a little bit more. Anybody else? Especially as every day and every year, I wake up, my wife and I were walking this week, or this morning, and she's like, every year I feel like I got something else wrong with me, right? <laughs> but don't we all? Woke up with a new pain last night in the middle of the night. I'm like, I've never had that. And I actually had the dream, I have the thought of, man, I'm getting old. I'm looking forward to heaven. No more pain, no more suffering, no more tears, right? It's like we look forward to the glory of that thing. And we forget this world's temporal. Looking forward and anticipating the glory. The second thing, if you really believe these words to be true, that Jesus says these things, trust in God's unchanging love during life's challenges. Trust in his love. It may not feel like he loves you, and I'm sure Mary and Martha thought, if Jesus loves us, he'd be here by now. But just because you're going through pain does not mean he does, has stopped loving you. Years ago, I had a guy come and came to church, and he said, it's been 30 years since I walked in a, in a church store. He said, the last time I was in a church was at my dad's funeral. I was 11 years old. He said, and, and I prayed, and I begged, and I begged, and I begged God to save my dad's life, and he didn't. And he said, and I swore right then I'd never go back to a church. So he didn't understand that God still loves you in the midst of, of the darkness, in the midst of the trial, that he mourns with us. Didn't understand that in Romans 8, 38, it says, I'm convinced that neither death nor life nor anything else in all of the world or in heaven can separate us from the love of God. And maybe right now you're bitter at God because he didn't do something the way you wanted to because he took a family member or a friend way too early and you're bitter. Trust God has a, time, a plan, and he still loves you in the hard times. And the third thing, if you believe this, then you can show compassion to those who are suffering. See, Jesus, Jesus mourned with those who mourned. And the Scripture tells us in Romans 12, 15, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. In other words, he's saying party with those who want to party, but do what? 
Cry with those that want to cry. Feast with those who want to feast and go to the funeral with those who are at a funeral. Years ago, I had a, uh, I got up one morning and this verse was in my mind. It was in my quiet time. I was reading. I'm like, okay, rejoice with those rejoice. And I was really focusing on the rejoicing part. Yeah, how can I celebrate with people today? And about 11 o'clock that morning, I was in my office and a guy comes in. It was a state patrolman and he comes in and he's a friend at the church where I worked at. And he said, uh, Randall, I, guess I need your help. And I said, what's up? He said, one of our friends, Brenda, her, uh, her dad, just got killed in a car wreck. Will you go with me? And would you tell her? Her dad just got killed in a car wreck. Oh, like mourn with those who mourn. That's with scripture. It wasn't the rejoicing part today. It was the mourning part. And uh, so I went, we went and knocked on her door, go to her door. And she's like, hey guys, what are you doing? I'm like, hey, can Brenda, can you have a seat? We go in and sit down with her and say, your dad was, your dad's no longer with us. He was just killed in a car wreck. And uh, she mourned and mourned with her. You know how we can mourn with people instead of running from people? Because we have the hope of eternity. We have peace. We know the truth and we know her, where her dad was. He loved the Lord and we could say we know where he is. So we have peace in that. If you believe it, you can mourn with those who mourn without going to a dark place yourself. And finally, if you believe it, then we have to do this last one. We have to share the good news with others because the destiny of every single person is death. And unless they know Jesus Christ, they spend eternity as separated from Jesus. And we have to share. We have to talk. We have to open our mouths. We have to share the good news. This past week in my small group, there's a, there's a guy in there who, who shared in our small group. He said, uh, he said, you know, last week after the, after the sermon, I was really challenged to do something. And then you preached about, you know, standing for your faith and with unwavering faith. He said, and so God challenged me to do something. And he said, I went home and I wrote a letter, my, a testimony, my testimony of how God had changed my life and the hope he'd given me. And I wrote it to every one of my coworkers, including my boss. And I gave them all of that letter this week. And, uh, and, and he was waiting on Wednesday at our small group. He was like, um, I don't know if I'm going to get fired or what, but I just shared it. <laughs> and he hadn't heard back yet from any of them, but he went and he shared his faith. And, and, but why? Because he cared about them. And if we really care, we can't just sit by. We have to realize, recognize that if people die without Jesus, they would die. But those who were in Jesus live for eternity. And if you believe it, man, make sure your kids know. Make sure your brothers and sisters know. Make sure your family knows. Make sure your grandparents know. Make sure your coworkers know. Make sure they know that Jesus loves them enough that he would come and die for them. Share the good news. Now, I'm like you. I'm just just like you guys, I just get the opportunity to be up here. But when I lay down at night and the busyness of life is over and things get quiet and it gets dark, thoughts start to come to my mind. I start thinking about my parents who still were alive and love the Lord and following Him. I start thinking that um, I'm going to do their funeral sometime in the future unless God takes me first. I start thinking about 
my wife, and one day one of us is going to be without the other. I start thinking about my kids. I'm like, Lord, I do not let me go before my kids. I start thinking about those things, and I start thinking about you guys and friends, and I think about church friends and, and just close friends that I've done their funeral for and how this year I'll probably do some of your funerals. And I start thinking about that, and man, I can go to a dark, scary place real quick. But then I come back to this truth. I really believe Jesus is the Son of God who came to give eternal life. My faith, my hope, and my peace is in Him. And one day, for all my friends and family who love Him, I'm going to see them again no matter what happens. And I put my faith in that. And then I can go to sleep and have peace. How about you? Do you have that peace? Do you know? Do you believe these words? If you believe them, you can have peace and you have confidence and you can sleep. And when terrible things happen, you don't lose your faith. You have that peace. Do you believe it to be true? If you do, take these words. Share them with other people. Man, live it out. Mourn with those who mourn. Look forward to heaven. The glory to be revealed. If you don't know Jesus, he is the resurrection and the life. You find life in him by putting your faith in him. If you've never done that, today you went to the funeral and you asked the most important question, what's going to happen to me when I die? What's going to happen? Do you put your faith in Jesus or not? I encourage you to put your faith in him. Would you pray with me? Father, we love you. We thank you for loving us with such a deep, deep love that uh, we can't even comprehend. That, Jesus, you would come and experience death, your own death. You'd walk on this earth and suffer with us because you love us. You'd go to the cross and die. But thank you you got up out of the grave three days later and you overcame death because you are the resurrection and the life. Thank you for that. Thank you that you have a divine purpose and plan whatever we're going through. Thank you that when we go through those things, we, we can remember that you love us and you <laughs> deeply care for us. Thank you for being the resurrection and life. Thank you for having power over death. Help us to live like we believe it. Right now, for those, Lord, I just pray, Lord, for those who right now have a fear of death, I pray you would replace that fear with faith. Just my dad prayed over me. I just pray over our church right now. I'll just pray, God, that you would remove that fear and replace it with faith. Faith that death is not the end, but it's the beginning of eternity. Help us to live it out and believe it. So what does God want to say to you this morning? We asked him just a minute ago, Lord, speak to us. Give us ears to hear, eyes to see. What does the Lord want to speak specifically to you about today? What is he saying to you? Would you ask him, Lord, what do you want to say to me? What do you want me to do as a result of hearing this? If you've never put your faith in Jesus, then the scripture says, call out to the Lord and you'll be saved. Right now, to say, Lord, come save me. 
I believe you are the Son of God who came to die for my sins. And I want to follow you. Thank you for opening our eyes today, Lord. Thank you for opening our heart and our ears and our mind to what you have shown us, what you've spoken into us. Now help us to live differently. Live like we believe these truths. In Jesus' name we pray.